Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today we are looking at the sixth episode of Transformers Prime. Masters and Students. It is the first post, uh, post pilot episode, which is usually kind of an important one. You gotta, you've got people reeled into the pilot, now you've gotta set the tone. Like, this is what an episode is gonna be like. I don't get to make jokes about darkness rising anymore. No, but you do get to watch uh, this cool opening sequence. Eh, that's fair. Which is, I believe, the first, uh, North American Transformers show opening sequence that has been not recycled animation from the rest of the TV show since G1. Um, yeah? Animated had that one tunnel sequence, but it was also a bunch of clips. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because the tunnel sequence was only like maybe not even half of the opening. No. Whereas, uh, yeah, um, Beast Wars had clips, Beast Machines had clips, uh, I believe all the Unicron trilogy shows, and Robots in Disguise had clips. So, uh, yeah, this is fully animated for this show. Ooh. And, uh, you get our first hint of the theme, which is pretty good. Yeah. It's, uh, it is very Steve Jablonski. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The whole thing is very Steve Jablonski. <laughs> This first aired February 11th, uh, 2011, so about a, about a month, uh, well actually- or Two months. Two months after the, uh, after the pilot finished airing. Uh, it was written by David Slack. Okay. I, I believe he went on to invent that thing that you used to talk at the office. <laughs> no! <laughs> Don't start me on that, because the people who created that actually first created a game that I was obsessed with called Glitch. Oh. Shout out to all my oh. people who played Glitch. Vaguely remember that. <laughs> anyway, he wrote all sorts of animation. He wrote uh, for Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, Jackie Chan Adventures, Totally Spies. Oh, oh, which which fetish episode did he write? <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing on that show, wasn't it? Uh, pretty much every other episode seemed like it was an entirely different fetish for somebody. <laughs> Weird. Uh, but he has since moved on to live-action TV. He's written a bunch of episodes of that new MacGyver show, and uh, uh, Person of Interest, Law and Order. Uh, I don't know if Law and Order is as good as it used to be, but he's uh, done a lot. But yeah, he he also wrote this one, which sadly does not have Law and Order style scene transitions. <laughs> that might help the episode. It's kind of a bare bones episode. It is pretty bare bones. We've got a, we've got an A plot and we've got a very minor B plot. Yes. 
So, uh, we're back on the Decepticon ship. Starscream is watching previously on Transformers Prime. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> He's watching the space bridge explode. It, like, starts with the space bridge exploding like you think it's going to be a recap, but then it changes to that sort of, you know, this is on a video screen filter, and then Starscream is watching it, which is pretty good. Yes. And yeah, he he, and then he decides to give a speech to his vehicons, and he makes them all watch it by taking over every channel. <laughs> yes, he's in stereo, echoing to himself. Starscream's first big speech. I don't know if there's going to be a second one in the series, but I noted it. And he calls himself the Emperor of Destruction. Yes, yes. This is where we get back. This this came up in the Pantheon stocking episode. When I mentioned about them calling themselves Emperor of Destruction. And Overlord was Ambassador of Destruction. But yes, I looked it up. In G1, it start, it did start with Megatron. And then Mm -hmm. Deathsaurus called himself that, you know, after Overlord called himself Ambassador of Destruction. Uh, Violin Jiger called himself that. And Black Optimus Prime called himself Autobot Emperor of Destruction. Uh, and then it continued on through other lines after that. But, but yes, that was definitely. Yeah, I think most upsettingly, um, Transformers Master Force, uh, villain Devil Z calls himself the Fuhrer of Destruction. <laughs> or sorry, the Fuhrer of Darkness. Eh, that's awkward. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, that. When Takara wasn't using English with uh, with their Japanese G1 stuff, they were using German, like Violent Jiger. <clears throat> Kaiser. I mean, well, Kaiser is fun to say. This just showed up in a lot of just anime. Makes, just makes me think of buns. See, now we're going to get into that the could... whole thing about where Death Zarus came from, because Listen, it's there was Death Zarus. Everybody agrees with this. Death Source. Hey, that wasn't the case in 1998. This was a point of a great deal of debate in 1998. If if it was like just Death Czar, that might make sense, but Death Czarist seems a a least too far. Because the thing is that there was Lyo Kaiser and there was Road Caesar, there was Dino King. In, In Victory, there were, you know, other uses that were like a title so synonyms for emperor because you have to realize that i don't know if i brought this up before but on his package death name was anglified as desirous yeah d-e-s-z-a-r-a-s so for a long time there was actually conflict over what it was actually supposed to be, and Death Zarus was one of the ones that came up. But the important thing is, in that Pantheon stocking episode, that's the thing they were referring to, was the whole Emperor of Destruction thing that was mostly Japanese G1 until more recent stuff. But also on the TF Wiki page for uh, Emperor of Destruction, it lists Starscream, parenthetically self-given, <laughs> Counts. Self-declared emperor of destruction. Most of the other ones are probably declaring themselves. So, you know. Ahmed Duke and Archduke of destruction. Uh, 
general of destruction. I still think ambassador of destruction is the best. I mean, that's that's kind of up there with like ninja, ninja consultant. consultant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ninja <laughs> consultant or ridiculous mm. Japanese G one character titles. Uh, so anyway, the the Viacons not having this. No. no. It's great because there's just, he like declares himself that and there's just sort of this general low murmuring among the Viacons. Like, it's, it's, uh, a, it's a big collective meh. Yeah, rhubarb, rhubarb, <laughs> rhubarb. And one of them speaks up and has actual full lines. Yeah. Steve, there was a joke. I don't know if it was from one of the haboom things or whether it was just tumblr fandom being tumblr fandom but at at some point it was declared that at least one of the viacons was named steve oh i vaguely remember that's an adorable name for just a regular grunt viacon have to be spelled weird, <laughs> but... yeah. nope just steve steve the viacon better than sheev <laughs> eh. Anyway, so Starscream's all, well, hey, so, so these guys all suck, but, uh, hey, what if there was a Decepticon on Earth who, uh, who I could convince to join me? Then I would be the master, and he would be the student, or something like that. He almost gets a title drop in. Yeah, not quite. He definitely talks about master and student, and, anyway, so, back at Auto- He gets a thematic title drop Yes. In. So, back at the Autobot base, Prime is kind of bummed because he was kind of hoping that, you know, Megatron would one day see the light, but instead now he's just a bunch of space debris. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> delivered in such a way, it, it's him and Ratchet talking, and like, Prime's back is to Ratchet, and, and it's like they're talking about Optimus's ex. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I actually wrote in my notes, Optimus, you're never gonna change him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Optimus, you're never gonna fix like, him. I thought I could change him, and, and Ratchet's like, yeah, I know. Oh, your I thought I could fix him. him. I thought I could talk him into going into rehab, but it just wasn't wasn't gonna work. Just kept holding up gas stations. So this conversation is interrupted by something exploding. <laughs> Yay! And yeah, explosion! It is uh, the kids are doing their science fair projects uh, there, um, and again. And not at their actual house. Yes. I guess they, they just kind of have to explain away that uh, they're just sort of hanging out at this place. And eventually... I mean, this is basically just their after-school daycare at this yeah. point. <laughs> it's like a job, uh, and hopefully, like, uh, Fowler arranged to get them some sort of, like, stipend or something. That would be nice. Or at least, like, intern credits. Oh my god, this is their internship! <laughs> Best internship ever. So, uh, Raph is making some sort of, like, model of the solar system. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. No, um, Miko. No, Raph is making a Raph volcano, making a volcano. which is what exploded. Yes. Which is a heck of an explosion for, like, baking soda and vinegar or whatever you normally make volcano explosions well, out of. It was loud. I don't know how big it was. But, like, Raph is making a volcano and Miko is painting planets while bulkheads hanging him and she's jabbing paint on him. It almost feels like those should be reversed, but not really. 
And then, uh, Raph, or sorry, uh, Jack is building like a motorcycle of some, or a motorcycle engine of some sort. Repairing a motorcycle. Yes. Sure. Like, R- RC, you're messing with my head. I'm building myself a new girlfriend. <laughs> it's, oh, it's such a weird conversation they're having. Like, he's, a, she's talking about, do you need this doodad, which is like a tailpipe? And he's like, don't you know what goes into a motorcycle? And she says, um, can you build a small intestine? I kind of like that. Yes. I, it, that, that's, that's a good way to re- relate the relationship, but that like small intestine and she's holding a tailpipe. It's, is, is this equating a, a small intestine with a tailpipe? It is, is this kinky? I can't, I'm not no, even I mean, sure just, anymore. I think you're they're overthinking just both, Yeah, they're just here. both things that are kind of that shape and waste leaves them. <laughs> I figured it the, was the, just the, maybe the only part RC could think of off the top of her head, because why is she going to know about human parts? And David, it's possible that watching too much anime has uh, warped your fragile brain, but the, <laughs> the, the small intestine is not a sexual organ. It's <laughs> <laughs> the kind of mistake you'd expect me like, to make. I don't know what, okay, whatever is going one. up there, it's not going that far. <laughs> no? I just, I don't know. It's true. Well, you know, the, the expression, okay, shove it up your tailpipe, it's a thing. Yes, but again, the small intestine, it's way up there. I guess. I, I'm not <laughs> sure how guts work. I can't it's build the, one. Aww. So it's the stomach, then it's the small intestine, then it's the oh. large intestine, then it's out. Okay, sorry, I, yes. I thought it was the other way around. No, okay. no, no, no. So if she'd said lardage intestine, then it would be kinky. This is just weird. I mean, it still wouldn't be kinky. <laughs> Rob has spoken. Everything is not kinky. Sometimes things are not kinky. Sometimes a tailpipe is just a tailpipe. <laughs> Sometimes a tailpipe is a transformer who dies. Oh. Aww. <laughs> Anyway, so Ratchet is obviously annoyed by this, as he is annoyed by all things involving children. But uh, Prime is all, hey, maybe it would be good if you helped them, because they may, you know, you could learn about Earth, they could learn about Cybertron, everybody's learning something, like we're a bunch of masters and students. <laughs> Ratchet is very relatable. I just, I want to say that, because this is like, I kind of, like, can can feel this in, like, me at work now. Like, I don't want to take any sort of management position, so because I know when I am put into any kind of position of responsibility, I just take over and go crazy, <laughs> so I see he's doing that here. He's like, I don't want to help these kids, but they're like, you have to help these kids, and then that just breaks him, <laughs> and he shifts into crazy taking over. Mode. Yes, indeed. And it's like, that's why you don't put Ratchet in charge of things. <laughs> so, Soundwave's hanging out in the desert, and he finds, uh, indeed, that warrior that uh, Starscream was talking about. He was uh, left on Earth to uh, protect the Energon deposits. So, now he and Starscream are going to dig this guy up. So, maybe I misheard it, but didn't Starscream say something about this being, like, a legend? Yes. 
But as we... Why is it a legend? Why isn't it just, like, public, like, Decepticon records? Why do they keep track of their troop deployment via legend? (laughs) I mean, you live, like, eight million years, so, you know, things sort of become legends after a while. You try remembering eight million years of stuff. The word legend has no meaning anymore. It's different scales of toys and, and things and legendary Yeah, sure. Does. It's, uh, it's, it's, they're, they're those uh, little tiny toys. No, now they're the big ones. <laughs> oh, right. They are. Dang. Yeah, Marvel anyway. legends are big ones. Transformers legends right. are little ones. So it's confusing. Both coming out from Hasbro. <sighs> Words have no meaning anymore. It makes me sad. But, uh, I mean, listen, I have enough trouble remembering where I put my keys yesterday. <laughs> so if I, you know, where did I put this guy six million years ago? I don't know. It is a legend. <laughs> 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 yeah, I kind of feel like that about my keys personally. Where are my keys? <laughs> well, the legends say that I may have left them in the dish. Or perhaps in the khakis I was wearing yesterday. What? Why would you have a different spot? You, you have a hook. I mean, I, I hang mine up in the kitchen on a cabinet hook. Yes, that's where they're supposed to go, but they lost the mists of time. I, I, I did at one point that? lose all my keys for like a month and they were in the couch. I, I had to use the spare car key. Oh, you people. Like, my keys, my wallet, the glass cases, they always go in the same spot. MP3 I mean, players occasionally to. will float around because they get used more in the house. But okay. again, this was millions look, of years all ago. <laughs> look, all I'm saying is I'm the kind of person who bought the Nintendo Switch with the brightly colored controllers for better visibility. And also yeah. I put glow-in-the-dark tape on my remote control. <laughs> well, cats can knock them down. I've woken up in there on the floor. <laughs> okay. Actually, so, ferret. Having lived with ferrets, they tend to steal remote controls. Even though I don't have ferrets anymore. Yeah, so, so the transformer they're looking for is a pair of keys, and and this Grand Canyon knockoff they end up in is the couch cushions of Earth. Yes. Yes. He's lost within the couch cushions of the Earth itself. <laughs> <laughs> We must find him along with our change and the Apple TV remote. Those things are so tiny. <laughs> I just want to watch some damn Daredevil. Where is the remote? Oh god, where's the it's remote? Too small. You should put glow in the dark tape. They, they should have put glow in the dark tape on Skyquake. <laughs> also, was this this was the first use of Skyquake's name for like an American thing. Wasn't yes, it, it was. I believe yeah. I I got to double Unless check. Though think- okay. so it wasn't the wait. first. Was the Skyquake? There was a previous first? use of the. Oh, there was a use of the Skyquake mold previously. There were apparently a couple guys in trance in uh, the Club Fiction who were used by them. Certainly the first toy, although this. Ca- came out like at the end of uh, the Transformers Prime line and was hard to find, although I found one. Oh, good. Yeah. I wanted to find one. He's a really nice color scheme because, well, we're, we're jumping ahead to what he looks like, but he, he looks like um, an Alpha Legios from Mos Pita or an Alpha Veritech from Robotech. He's a green one, just with some cool. red paint on. I can see that. Yeah. 
I like most spade up. Like he doesn't have the giant thrusters on the back of the jet, but otherwise it's almost the same like design of blade. Because <coughs> it, it's not. I like most spade. It's got cross dressing. Yeah, Lancer's great. I love Lancer. I forget which one. Who piloted the green one? Was it Lancer? Rook was the red one. I don't even remember. It's so long. I remember Rook was the red one because, or the maroon one, because that's the one I had. And then Lancer had another one, and then whatever the main guy's name was, who was boring as shit. Scott, yeah. <laughs> Wait, his name was Scott. Was Scott in the American one. Oh, yeah, that's why. Well, he was in Scott. Easy to forget. Robotech. I don't remember if he was that in Most Beta or not. But don't yes, think they changed that many names between. Th- okay, let's go to the to the internet. Um, I just love that there's a guy in a robot anime named Scott. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in Japan, his name was Stick Bernard as opposed to Scott Bernard. Did he? Uh, did oh, he train okay. Daredevil? <laughs> <laughs> that, Yellow that's Belmont like a... was Yellow Dancer's name, I guess. Belmont. That sounds like a. Stick sounds like a Gundam character name. (laughs) Well, now you just remind me of G Gundam, where everybody had crazy names, except the Canadian guy was named Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew Graham, the guy from Space Canada. (laughs) It's the most normal name. It kind of makes sense for Space Canada, as opposed to, like, Domon Cashew or Sai Sai Chi or... Whatever the other, uh, Chibody Crockett. Like- okay, the American guy had the craziest yes, name. Chibody Crockett. <laughs> Chibody Crockett. Okay, I can see. Get the- where the hell do you get Chibody from? I don't know. Oh, um, odd thing, Masada P. I I never realized that that however you say actually it, it actually is an acronym for Military Operation Soldier Protect Emergency Aviation Dive Armor, which is a ridiculous mouthful. That's- that is an unnecessary acronym. Boy, that, that's almost as ridiculous as, like, ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least that's actually a word to begin with. This this is a made-up well, word. That was yes, made just but it, acronyms I into nonsense. Anyway, got off anyway, on a, so, a, a robot tangent. Yeah, so back at the Autobot base, Raph and Bumblebee, they're talking about how, you know, Bumblebee's just a scout, and he wants to be a warrior, and, uh... Prime is like, Bumblebee is, is but young, but he, although he is very old compared to humans, but he still has much to he learn. He's still young. And I am his master, just as he is my student. <laughs> Beaten the theme over the head here. Maybe they figure, you know, it's a kid's show. They gotta make sure their their theme is clear. And also some Decepticon stuff is going on in the desert. Ratchet, come with me. And Ratchet is all like, ah, no. I I love Ratchet so much. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He just doesn't want the kids around. He just wants to be left alone. Well, he wants to uh, make these science projects. He's he's clearly bored. I, well, is that? I, I, well, now he does. I'm not sure if it's a fight between him not wanting to leave and and him playing with the kids, both of which he kind of hates. But he'd rather uh, stay really, at home and just micromanage. Yeah, he's really into these. He's gone like full um, Herbert West on these science projects. Oh yeah, there, there's a good yes. scene with underlighting where he's like full Herbert West. Like the madness has started to set in. <laughs> 
I just want to say I'm pretty sure at least on one occasion at work I've uh, 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 at people who were about to touch something <laughs> that that I was working on. So Starscream and Soundwave dig this guy up. They uh, give him an Energon Cube, and yes, he is Skyquake. Uh, it's, it's not an Energon Cube. No, no, no. Energon Cubes are pink. This is a Tesseract. It's, it's blue. It's a goddamn Tesseract. <laughs> I mean, Energon in this series is blue, but they do make this big deal out of, like, this one perfect Energon cube. Yeah, they have it in a little container. That Soundwave has in a little box. I spent all day making this. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, maybe Soundwave did spend all day making it. I mean, and Megatron isn't here, who I'm used to yelling about cubes. (laughs) Where is the cube? It is very... It is very Tesseract. Yeah, it looks like the Red Skull's about to make off with this thing. Yes, or Loki. I mean, Starscream is basically Transformers Loki, so <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so yeah, this uh, this guy is Skyquake, and he is he's big, he is green, and he is voiced by David Lynch associate uh, Richard Green. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, he is. Uh, he- He's the magician in Mulholland Drive. I, I sh- remember I showed that clip to you earlier, David, and uh, you yeah, questioned as to was, what I, kind of David Lynch nonsense it was. Yes, well, <laughs> I wasn't sure David Lynch made Mulholland Drive, but this clip was as David Lynchian as I could imagine. Yep, it's a good movie. Did it have awkward looking people acting yes, awkward? Yes. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I'd okay, call well, Naomi Watts go. awkward looking. The people on stage were awkward. The the audience was slight awkward. Lesbians in the audience. I assume they were. I hope they were lesbians because they looked like they were about to fuck after this. Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, that was Laura (laughs) Herring and um, Naomi Watts, who are a couple in the movie. Ah, Okay, they were not. There may be a couple of couples (laughs) in the movie. It's a weird movie. Ah, yes. Anyway, yeah, but, but you can kind of barely tell it's anybody because he's got a real robot synthesizer thing going yeah, on with it, the voice. Honestly, could have been anybody on this show. Just the waveform of the voice was twisted so much. It could have been Tony Todd who shows up later. I, it was indistinguishable. It was kind of hard to understand it. Yeah. So, and anyway, Starscream immediately announces that, hey, giant huge guy, uh, I'm in charge of you now. Yeah, he's like, I'm your leader now. And Here, let me give you some him. commands. He wants him to kneel. Yeah, that's uh, that's not yes. going to happen. <laughs> Starscream. This will come up later, but I feel like there was somewhere in the show notes that specifically said that Starscream needed to be animated, not just like a lady, but like a sexy lady. <laughs> I... There's there's definitely some hip wiggling going on in there's all of this. There's a bit of that, but like he's a little bit hunched, so he he does his hips do wiggle. He's somewhere between a sexy woman's walk and Torgo. Because <laughs> every once in a while, it also looks like the... he shouldn't walk like that. Well, he is taking care of the place while the master is away. Yes, the, the master. Yeah. Also, the yeah. reflecting on his chest in some of these scenes is very pretty. Yes. You can see, like, the sky reflected on his chest. Yeah, that was nice. Like, I, I complained earlier that, like, these robots are kind of too shiny, but the seeing the skyline reflected on his chest, that was a nice shot. I like that. Just, just, most of the time, tone down the shininess. Every once in a while, you can, you can do fancy stuff like that. No, need more lens flares. 
Anyway, I kind of dig that this sort of barren canyon is kind of where like 90% of season one and two G1 episodes were set, except much prettier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess. I mean, G1, it felt like there was more variety. I mean, like so far in these six episodes, it seems like they're all the same canyon that they keep visiting. I mean, I. No, I mean, it, it was all just barren orange. Western American landscape in G1. Yeah. And except when it was New York City for some reason, <laughs> because it was the 80s and things have to take place in New York City in the 80s. I mean, as a kid, I kind of assumed that a lot of America was just like barren orange rocks. Uh, <laughs> or New York City. Yeah, it's, it's all either only... New York or barren orange rocks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of fair. We do have a lot of rock quarries, so... Well, that's usually gray. I mean, by volume. By volume. More than Canada. No, no, no. Uh, rock quarries, that's that's England. <laughs> yes. We have a lot of them here, too. I, you I can tell because of few. Doctor Who. Uh, or, uh, I guess it's also Japan, because that's where they shot uh, Power Rangers. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and Common Rider, and any other show where you need someplace to blow shit up. Yep. Superhuman uh, Samurai. Whereas I think the American one mostly had uh, the barren rocks. Like, uh, what's it? uh, Was it Bronson Canyon where they shot all those Star Trek episodes? Yeah, they. they, um, Yes. Yeah, they've used that a couple times. Or was that only in the movie? And I forget where the place they used that that's Zordon's place. I think. Yeah, it still freaks me out that that's an actual building. Yeah, I know it's weird (laughs) because I've seen it in other things. It's like, wait, what? I always thought it was like a map painting. <laughs> that but I mean, real. I assumed it was like a oh. model. Oh, there was yeah, it's it's in um a Star Trek: The Next Generation. That makes sense. It's like a future. There, there's a Data and Lore episode that's there. Ooh, I like Data and Lore episodes. Yeah. Might have been Man, like that, that is that is well, that is one too many Datas for me. I can take one of that guy. Ah. It's it's Brent Spiner overacting. That's kind of fun. Oh. No way. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, yes. that's, I think you, you can just leave out the over there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, Brent Spider. Anyway, yeah, he, so before so Skyquake can start giving Starscream a noogie, uh, <laughs> Optimus Prime drops in and, uh, hey, these two are old buddies, uh, by which I mean that Megatron had Skyquake assassinate Prime during the Battle of Technahar. Sure. <laughs> yeah, having, uh, having watched the Punisher recently, that the the uh, name Kandahar is very at the forefront of my memory. Oh, so I was kind of yeah, like, that is definitely uh, what that's from. Think about that. Uh, uh, that's a thing. Ooh. I mean, at least they didn't call it on a roboticistan or something. <laughs> Carbamia. <laughs> yeah, that's a definite. Ah, could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Carbamia is our yardstick of, wow, that's bad. Uh, let's see, were, were any non-white actors compelled to quit the show because of this? No? Okay, it's okay then. I don't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. It's, it's acceptable then. So, Skyquake is gonna have a big fight with Prime, and Soundwave and Starscream are just gonna peace out, and, uh, yeah, Starscream's plan is just, okay, so, Skyquake destroys Optimus Prime, he's following my orders, even though he kind of isn't, Therefore, I'm in charge. Oh, but Step three, the, profit. You're skipping a little bit, like, Optimus is trying to, like, have a peaceful talk. It's like, I don't know why he's trying to get Skyquake to join the Autobots. That seems a little weird. But 
like to try and get peaceful. You know, like, Starscream, just... don't follow Megatron's lead. Do something different. We can have a peace. And Starscream's like, we'll have peace if you kneel before me. And Skyquake is none of this shit and just smacks Starscream. Yeah. It's like, what's with yeah. you and kneeling? Everyone is... Everyone is... A... Starscream clearly has a fixation on blowjobs. B. Well, it's it's a Maybe kneeling everyone thing. is done with him. Maybe he just saw Superman too. Okay, fine. And and if this doesn't work, I'm going to use my super breath to erase everybody's memory of it. <laughs> I just like I, I I guess it's because of his design. Starscream's well, he has the leggy walk, and he's always stepping on people or being stepped on. It's an odd. <laughs> It, I think that might be an unintentional theme. All of Starscream's Google searches end with feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, everyone is just done with Starscream at this point. Prime and Skyquake are going to fight it out, and it has nothing to do with Starscream telling anybody to do anything. Yep. Starscream wants Soundwave to film it, though. and it, Well, Star- Soundwave's I- been done with Starscream shit for... Probably centuries, whenever, since Megatron was left, he's just hanging around being ominous. And specifically, he tells him to bear witness. <laughs> because Starscream is very dramatic. He is. He's so great. And uh, this is also when Skyquake whips out Old Painless. Oh, it has a name? <laughs> well, it's the it, it's called Old Painless in Predator when Jesse Ventura uses it. Oh, uh, okay. It's, uh, I mean, I'm it's, it's not, movie. it's obviously like a techno-y version of it, but it's the, the rotary machine gun that I believe they originally used in A-10 Thunderbolts. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Gatling gun. I, no, I think if it was an A-10, it would be a way bigger, this might be off a helicopter. Maybe. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, no human could actually use it the way that, like, Jesse Ventura does in yeah, Predator. Yeah. It's supposed so to be it's like that bit at the beginning of Fallout 4 where you get a power armor so you can go and pull a minigun off of a helicopter and use it to shoot things. I mean, honestly, it's kind of implausible when Schwarzenegger uses it in Terminator 2, and he's a robot in that movie. <laughs> it's very heavy. You yeah. do have to have power armor to... I mean, you don't have to have power armor to use it in the game. The story, the moral of the story is Fallout 4. <laughs> so, uh, this is not going so well for the Autobots, but Skyquake doesn't have a vehicle mode, and I guess he doesn't have whatever he had on Cybertron. Yeah, that's He's got wing weird. kibble! Yeah, it's, I mean, it, he's it also would... got an obvious cockpit on his chest. But we're just gonna pretend yeah. that didn't happen. This is a, this is a time when they should have, like, ult, like, Take out the cockpit, just make that a smooth texture. Take the wings off, and it would have worked a little bit better. But why, why would him not Although I guess it would be weird if he didn't have Earth? wings, and his name was Skyquake. I get, well, Skyquake yeah. is such a weird thing anyway. How, how do you have a quake in the sky? Is that even a thing? That may be a thing, but I don't know. It just sounds... I mean, stars don't scream dumb. either. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Sonic Solar Winds, you know? That's, they, they do make noise. Sound doesn't travel through space. It... Not Check and lasers. It, <laughs> microwaves. It, it mm, microwaves. Where we? Where did we get microwaves? Vibrations and uh, uh, <laughs> magnets. Uh, How do they work? I don't have time to research. Uh, what, what the fuck are we talking about? Anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. 
Anyway. As a brief aside, there is going to be a Mighty Orbots DVD set. Yes, there oh, is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Pre-order, people, pre-order. Pre-order this damn thing. <laughs> we made it happen by talking about it. I, I like the thing. I mean, it's Warner Archives, so I don't know that you need to even pre-order it's, it's it. Not a, I, I, the cover, I think, is just going to be like the cover of the first VHS. But apparently they had the original art of the first VHS that was on the box art, so... Oh. Hopefully the transfer is better than just VHS quality on the video. Fingers crossed. By the time this comes out, the episode might actually... The DVDs might be out, I think. I forget when the pre-order was by or whenever they should be. Anyway, buy it! It's uh, expensive, but I'm getting it. it. So we're, we're back at the Autobot base. Ratchet is now terrifyingly helping everybody with their project. And uh, when they start asking questions, he's just, oh, you'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) He's so scary about it. He's got his glowing welder fingertip, and he's just like, (laughs) (sighs) So, uh, back at at the Not Grand Canyon, uh, Soundwave suddenly picks up a uh, Decepticon signal from out where that space bridge blew up. And, uh, you know, Given that pretty much all those Viacons died there, uh, it can only be one person. And Starscream, his first instinct is, you know, no, fake news, didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. But, uh, oh, I guess I get better go check it out. Uh, Soundwave, Soundwaves- you, s- you stay here and definitely 100% do not follow me. <laughs> yes. And- Soundwave's job is basically to keep Starscream in check through all this. Yep. And so, indeed, he he creepily repeats, bear witness, and then sends Laserbeak after Starscream. And it's Starscream's voice, but it has very G1 Soundwave flanging to it. Which is weird and interesting. Yep. And here comes Agent Fowler uh, in a one-man aircraft again. Why is he not wearing a flight suit? Yeah, well, I mean, flight technically, suit? it's this a is explained suit. much later. But he doesn't have a helmet. There's no flight suit. I mean, it's, okay, he's he's also like probably too big to actually fit in a normal, reasonable like cockpit. He's kind of chunky. Yeah. Also, he seems kind of tall. I think there's is it height requirements. You have to be under a certain height for pilots. I mean, it's hard to say because we only ever see him with children. Well, we see him with um, Jack's <laughs> mom at some yeah. point, and he's pretty tall well i mean she might i mean i think marky the actual marky post is fairly small yeah but it's like although again that's hard to say because she was i often saw her with that uh that bull guy and he was like six foot five and uh um john larroquette who's pretty tall too oh yeah john larroquette is tall anyway so he he's there and uh unfortunately skyquave kind of needed a vehicle mode to scan and he scans it Uh oh. And he turns into a jet, and, uh, now, uh, air superiority has been achieved. Fowler is very upset because he's stealing secret military, American military designs. Yep. Well, I'll be a bald <laughs> eagle. <laughs> I kind of love his ridiculous American, uh, ex- exclamations. They're yeah. pretty great. So, Starscream uh, is out in space, and indeed, he does find Megatron, who is floating here in space like this. Yes. 
He had the, a. The thing is, they're all like, "Oh, I don't know why there might be a life sign from Megatron," and it's like, "Dude, he was raising zombies. Come on, like, <laughs> why do you think he might be quote living?" I mean, he he was zombies. like the zombie master. Yeah, he's a lich. <laughs> It's kind of like um, it's kind of like a short haunted house movie in space for Starscream because he doesn't want to believe that Megatron's there, but Megatron is there, haunting space, just floating and groaning. Would that make him a space also, ghost? Megatron yes. is a lich, coast to coast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I would watch Frank Welker doing Megatron hosting a uh, late night talk show. Oh my god, yes. I mean, obviously, Starscream would be the 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 Zorak, and um, I guess Soundwave would be the Moltar. I mean, yes. that's, that's good. I'd rather a Beast Wars version because I think David Kay would be a better host. I mean, he's very he'd be much more unctuous. Yeah. Yeah. No, please tell us more about this season of New Girl, Zooey Deschanel. Yes. <laughs> It'd also work, but I I, I think like Scorponok would make a better Moltar. Yeah, and I guess, I don't know, Pterosaur is your Zor- no, Tarantulas is your Zorak. Yes! Yes. But, it, but Zorak is more antagonistic, so I, it's, Pterosaur might work better. Pterosaur kinda sucks. Sneak Waspinator though. in there some- yeah, he does suck, but Waspinator, I guess he could just be floating around. Was there- I oh, mean, he I guess Waspinator- Brack! Well, yeah, Waspinator is clearly the Brack. Yeah. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, this all leaves, I guess, Optimus Primal to uh, star in Harvey Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get big monkey banana. <laughs> uh, any, anyway, we we cut back to uh, Megatron moaning, and he says something, and then he sort of collapses in space. I guess you can collapse it. It's like goes yeah, into so coma it's... state again. And Starscream leans in really close, and I'm screaming at the TV, "Kiss already!" Yes! A kiss it's before super dying. Hot. Oh my god, it's so like this this entire scene is my kink. I can't uh, I can't help it. Instead he just kinda yanks the dark energon out of him. Yeah, because that, that was apparently still keeping him alive. Because Megatron's had this giant hole in the middle of his chest and a little bit of yeah. dark energon stuck in there. Starscream pulls it out and then steps on Megatron as he had been stepped down in previous episodes. <laughs> Step on me, with Daddy. his. He really makes the high heels work here too, yeah. Because it's a very leggy high heel stepping on. I mean, can, consider yourself lucky, Megatron. Most people have to pay by the hour for this. Yes, <laughs> you worm. Uh, but unfortunately, um, speaking of kink, Laserbeak is engaging in some voyeurism here, <laughs> and Starscream does not like to be watched. Well, so, this is going to end up on you, porn. Yep. So I, oh, I was just going to leave him out here to die and then say that, oh, I tried so hard to save him, but he was just dead. But I got to take him back. God damn it. So the way Megatron was moaning, I kind of half expected an I still function. Yes, and thank you oh, for that, not putting that in there. I, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather David hear Slack. that. How, how many other times have we heard it? I, it? They definitely used it a couple times in Dreamwave. It's a couple. Yeah, it's like, so it's been used three, maybe four yeah, times. It's doesn't not count. dozens of times over, like once you'll stand, once you'll fall. I guess. I mean, it's not even that good a line, though. I. It's funny in the movie. Well, <laughs> because it goes to want to bet. I like well, this. yes, yes. 
So yeah, he's got anyway, Starstream's hiding the little dark energon behind his back, so the uh, laser beak can't see it. It's like, don't you have an open cavity? Can't you stick it in your cockpit or something? Well, I'm not sure where in him that ends up. That might be uncomfortable. At this point, I don't think there's any room in his cockpit. I yeah, he's kind of scarce, <laughs> but it's it's like I'm so used to other series like. Transformers having a hole they can stuff small objects into on them. <laughs> that Starscream doesn't do it here. I'm is suggesting a that he that he would have an erection. Yeah, but like Bulkhead could stuff whole people <laughs> in his chest with vomit. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, so back on Earth, we are getting some like Vin Diesel as Triple X action from Bumblebee, who just jumps onto <laughs> Skyquake and then just starts tearing chunks out of him. Then Bumblebee kills a guy with his bare hands. Yep. Which, well, I'm not sure. Was he dead or did the crash kill him? Oh, the crash probably kills him, but like, he couldn't fly. Bumblebee rips enough parts out that he can't, like, pull up from the crash. So, crashing into the ground definitely killed it, which seems so weird that this big new Decepticon is taken out so quickly by just Bumblebee. It is weird, and yeah, it's, and so Bumblebee has to- It's very fire in the sky. Oh yeah. <laughs> hmm. They're going to dig Skyquake back up when they need to fly to <laughs> Mexico. Well, luckily they're going to uh, get his lookalike brother. <laughs> yes. Um, which... They do at least have the decency to make it a different guy. Yeah, weirdly, this, be- <laughs> this becomes like a plot point much, much later. Yeah, yeah which is cool. Yeah. It's interesting. It so, just seems weird that like he's killed off so quickly. It would have been nice it, if he was around for a few episodes. It is weird. Well, I mean, he is coming back in a few episodes, but not quite the same. Well, that, yes, that's but it's just bizarre. So yeah, he just like crashes, and and I guess they are literally going to bury him, maybe back where he was. Stick him back in the box. He'll keep for fresh. And we kind of get a speechy Peter Cullen line, but it's not a full speech, so maybe just yeah, take a I, sip. I I didn't even give it a half. It, it's, Had Skyquake chosen to stray from his master's path, we might not be burying him today. Yeah, you justify that murder prime. Yep. <laughs> you justify that. I mean, listen, he was shooting at us with that big gun. We uh, we really had to like <laughs> rip meaty chunks out of him and crash him into the desert. <laughs> I mean, he's still no actual movie murder prime, but it's still very, yeah. You I mean, he did not personally commit this murder. Although, in the last episode, he did talk about tearing off Megatron's head. Yeah. I mean, metaphorically, but maybe also literally. He he is at least not asked anyone for, for their face no. yet. So, there's that. Hey, well, um, prime does not ask for faces. He demands faces. <laughs> yes. Um, was, was it this episode or last episode where... Prime, where Bumblebee and Raph were talking about why Bumblebee isn't a warrior, and Prime's like, ah, oh, he's not old enough, we live a lot longer on Cybertron. So, is Bumblebee a child soldier? Was Optimus explaining away murder committed by a child soldier? I mean, I yes. don't know that he's a child. I think he's like a, he's like a youth. He's like a youth. Still, I don't know. Maybe a teenager. Maybe an adolescent. That still counts as a child soldier. I mean, he's he's like he's like a Shia okay, LaBeouf, not like a, a child. Maybe I, like uh, a. I mean, he's a cadet, so that suggests like being like 
a recruit in the military. Like, you gotta start out at lower ranks, even though you're of a legally consenting age to join. Yes. You still start out at those lower ranks. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a child soldier. But we can pretend well, he's a child soldier, that's fine. Yeah, but like, in this series, are there any non-combatant Transformers? Uh, in this series, no. I mean, presumably they're dead. I mean, there are very few Transformers, period, in this series, which is going to make the sequel series kind of strange, because there are a lot of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, then I I'm guess suddenly some... reminded of my, my favorite uh, civilian Transformer, Signal Lancer. Oh, I, I was oh, thinking it was from Robots in Disguise, Matronly Docent, as she is credited. <laughs> Matronly Docent? No, no. Signal She's like Lancer. in the first episode, so, like somebody's messing up the Autobot Museum or something. Mm, probably, and there's like a transformer credited as matronly docent. It's probably sideswipe. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost certain it was sideswipe. Matronly docent is such a Star Wars sounding name. <sighs> no, no, it's it's like a description. It's not like it's not like <laughs> like Savage Opress. Yes, <laughs> Savage <sighs> Opress. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we we cut back we're you know bumblebee's getting fixed up prime's saying how good a job bumblebee did and everybody's back uh from from school and uh turns out that their science projects didn't go so great <laughs> uh because miko's model of the solar system was actually a model of cybertron which nobody else knows exists <laughs> and it's uh, still jack knows. built yes jack built god knows what that is some sort That's of chainsaw of motorcycle <laughs> Engine-like it, it, thing. It's a vibrating thing with an arm that spins around. It makes the, no sense. That straight, straight up like drives out of the classroom and causes mayhem in some somewhere else. Yeah, yes. it, it kind of looks like it, it should have been in Portal, just bouncing around in the background of one level. <laughs> and then Raph just straight up, straight up gets a doomsday device. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> a a volcano that just shoots a massive beam through the roof of the school. It's a weapon like, from the end of an Avengers movie. There's a beam yeah. of light, and they're going to have to send Iron Man to close that portal. Yes. <laughs> and he's just going to have be traumatized by it. It's very sad. It's uh, like, going to be a I bad Christmas I, for him. I mean, I think, yeah. geez, at, at, at this point, if you bring these things into school, they you're like getting taken away by a government lab so they can study. <laughs> yeah. That volcano, yeah. definitely. The other things is, what? Like, you are going to, like, the sub-basement of the Pentagon, and you are building Predator drones until you're 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're going to give you a dog to kill, like that, like that Hydra High School on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What? <laughs> yeah. Weird. And, of course, Ratchet is very disappointed. Well, if, if you were on Cybertron, those would have been fantastic projects. <laughs> Uh. I have, I take issue with Prime's lecture of them about it, though. Like, he's all like, oh, this is, you know, shows it's basically better to do your own work. And I'm thinking, yeah, like they could have told Ratchet no. <laughs> they couldn't have stopped him. He's a giant <laughs> robot with knives for hands. They're victim blaming him. You can't stop the reanimator, he keeps coming back. In at least two yeah. sequels. Exactly. 
like, that's totally unfair, Prime. I mean, just because you, the leader of the Autobots, are able to tell Ratchet no doesn't mean these small human children are able to. What I, I wonder how many times Jeffrey Combs has played Herbert West that's not actually named Herbert West. I know it's at least most of his he, career, but but like specifically, Although, like almost exactly the same character, like in the Giver, he's playing Doctor East. Yes. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, I don't think any of his many um, Star Trek characters are scientists. Uh, no, they're mostly ambassadors or weird leaders, like the, like mercenaries or like starship. But I mean, they're all Jeffrey Combs, so they're usually vaguely pissy at pretty much everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Relatable. And uh so yeah, we got our we got our stinger. We're uh, back on the Nemesis and uh Megatron is now on life support and Starscream is really hoping so hard that he gets well soon. Like <laughs> oh it, it it'd just be super if you like you know got better and didn't just stay conveniently in a coma forever. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Starscream. He just wanted to leave him out to die. Uh, so close. So close. If he just lost that laser beak, would have been in good shape. <laughs> Soundwave had to show up, be all like, hey, what you doing? What you doing there, fella? It's not good. And so, yeah, that is Masters and Students. It's it's kind of a weird episode. It introduces a character who doesn't get a lot of characterization and immediately kills him. Yeah it, yeah. it doesn't feel like the first episode of the regular series. It feels like the middle episode of the second season. Yes. Uh, the next yeah. episode definitely feels more like this is kind of our intro episode. Ooh. From what I can recall. I don't remember a whole lot about what the next one is, so it's that's a, going to be it's, exciting. It's getting kind of Budiansky-y up in here. Oh, Ooh. is there yeah. smelting? There is no smelting, but there no. are some uh, some next crater critters. Oh, <laughs> and unfortunately, the cure this time is not water, Aww. which was always the dumbest part of that story. Yes, we'll this get is to that. Less dumb. I mean, it's just yeah, a I, War of the Worlds. Thing. Yeah, but I, uh, I mean, I like, you know, Skyquake looks neat, and it's, it is kind of weird considering that they probably, you know, had to spend, uh, you know, to make that model that he, they don't reuse it until much later. Yeah, and make the yeah. toys, it's, uh, well, they do, they, the fact that they do reuse it as another character is good, but the one episode character who looks awesome and is a really good toy of, yes. Uh, Whatever the blue version is that I actually did get that I could find. Uh, Dreadwing. Oh. His Gatling gun is Illin. Yes. Oh man, this guy does have a Gatling gun, and it's Illin. Oh. <laughs> is he punishing? Listen, this three-in-one bomber is a Transformerama. Wherever he goes, he be winning. <laughs> oh, I love the nineties. <laughs> Nothing can save you from triple changing Dreadwing. And then he smacks a couple of laser rods together. <laughs> smacks their heads together. Like Mo. you do. Yes. 
Uh, so, of course, until next time, we are all over the Internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook, and we also have a Patreon. Yes, that is at patreon.com slash underground. Uh, we have a current episode up where we talk more about kimono friends, uh, this time going to the lake area. Uh, and then coming up in the near future, we are going to have summer movie Orama. Uh, so, hey, you can get on board just in time for that. Uh, so, uh, please join us next week when we will find ourselves on Scrap Heap. Ooh. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David. What references to 80s movies can we make? Probably a lot of Critters jokes. Gremlins, uh, Ghoulies. Oh, um, um, uh, what were the other... I'm not going to talk about Hobgoblins because I'm going to have an actual good reason to talk about Hobgoblins in a couple of weeks because Darren Norris is in Hobgoblins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, what was the other one? Um, crap, there was another knockoff one of those. I can't remember the name. Um, let's see, Critters, Ghoulies... There were little, little ones you college. cut them in half. Good, little ones you cut them in half and they like divide that. I way. thought that was critters. The fuck was it? Oh, munchies. Munchies. munchies yes. Ooh. Yeah, there was a bunch of those knockoff gremlin movies. Munchies is better than hobgoblins, but not by a lot. I mean, it, almost everything's better than hobgoblins. I mean, hobgoblins is atrocious. Yeah. Some of the ghoulies sequels that aren't really ghoulies are worse. I mean, I think literally the only thing I know about Ghoulies is that VHS cover in which it is emerging from a toilet and says that it will get you in the end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the first movie was pretty good. The oh, movie, I remember I seeing that okay. at the video rental store. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, – I don't know if you'd consider Troll to be a Gremlins ripoff. It's only got the one troll, though. Yes. Oh, man. Kind of. Well, no, but it creates a bunch of little other – Things well, he, like he turns people into like fantasy things. In. So like, um, Sonny Bono yeah. turns into like a giant pod, and and uh, Elaine Bennis turns into like a nymph. Which uh, you know, if you want to see an eighties ivy clad yeah. oh, uh, yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, that's the movie for you. She's, oh uh, boy, she's quite comely. Sounds great. Right, and there's also Spookies, which I think is only really a. Gremlins ripoff in name. Spookies?